As you look at God's word in Isaiah chapter 9, let me ask you this question. How well did you sleep last night? I would imagine some in the room would say I slept really well last night. I imagine there are others who would say I didn't sleep so well. Tossed and turned all night, didn't sleep well. If I ask you what is your favorite Christmas carol, there'd be many answers to that question as well. One of them just might be Silent Night. And if you listen to that song, you sing it as well, you'll know there's a phrase in that song that says, sleep in heavenly peace. How do we do that? How do we sleep in heavenly peace instead of worry and stress and anger and all the emotions that come in life? How do we find ourselves putting our head down at night on the pillow, sleeping in heavenly peace? We need peace. There are many folks in life today that are dealing with worry. There are many folks in life dealing with stress. There are many folks who are overwhelmed in life because of life circumstances or relationships. And peace is missing in their lives. And so how do you and I experience the Lord's peace? This weekend, uh, two weeks after the storm, many of us were out in neighborhoods this weekend giving away gift cards from our church. We're going door to door with people who had significant damage in neighborhoods. And uh, many of these folks are still trying to live in some of these houses. They're boarded up, roof damage, siding damage, windows are gone. And we just knock on the door and we would say, we're from First Baptist Church. The Lord's been so good to us. And you all have had such trauma the last two weeks. And we just wanted to say to you and your family, Merry Christmas from our church. We want to give you a gift that you guys can use, but we also want to ask, how can we pray for you? And the other morning, Angie and I were going door to door and we came to this lady and, and we asked her that question and she said, here's what she said. She says, pray that I can experience peace. Well, I just preached a sermon right there on the front step. Just let it happen right there. And so she may be here this morning and if so, thank the Lord that you're here but thank you for letting us pray for you because there are many people out there in life, they need peace because they're suffering, they're struggling either with God or even themselves or with other people and they just need the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in life and only can get that in Christ. Well, as we think about God's word today, I want to invite your attention first back to Philippians chapter four. As we think about this message about peace, if you look at Bible search sites and they say the most highlighted verse in the Bible, you would think might be John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But Bible search sites say that the most highlighted verse in the Bible is Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. And here's what those verses say. Do not be anxious about anything. Anyone in the room this morning dealing with anxiety, anxious? Some people just say, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about my anxiety. Anybody anxious about anything today? But he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You can have a conversation with him in your life. Because if you're going to have peace, you need to talk to the Prince of Peace. And so let your requests be made known to God. And then what happens here? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Now, I know there are other folks who struggle with worry. You worry about everything. I know there are other folks who don't worry about anything. And then I know there are some people who says, I'm worried because I'm not worried about something. 
And so it takes all of us when you look at that, but what you may find yourself again today not experiencing the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ, and not having his peace in your life. Maybe it's worry or something else. You may want to write these couple words down. They're not on your outline. But if you're going to experience the, the peace of Christ, one is intimacy. You're going to need an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the second word is assurance. You need to know that he is a Romans 8.28 father, that circumstances come into our lives and he uses those for our good to grow us in our relationship to Christ. And because you're intimate with him and you know how he works, you can have peace no matter what's going on in your life. And so you can deal with anxiety, you can deal with worry, you can deal with stress and conflict, you can deal with all those things. Why? Because again, you know the Prince of Peace and you know he's at work in your life. Now, as we think about this word peace, sometimes maybe even around here this morning, you've been walking around the concourse or coming into the worship center and somebody's asked you, how are you? And that's a greeting that we often use in the form of a question. But if you were in Israel, the word for peace is the word shalom. And it's a significant word for them. So instead of them asking, how are you? Here's what they mean by that. They would say, do you have peace? So let me ask you on this Christmas Eve morning, when you look at your life and you look at your relationship with God and you look at your relationship with other people and you even think about your own personal life, do you have peace in your life? Shalom, the peace of God. It's mentioned hundreds of times in God's word, but do you have the peace of Christ in your life? Now on your outline, I want to give you some of these, be aware of peace killers. There are some of those out there. You may remember, some of you not old enough, but many of us are when Whitney Houston, who was an incredible singer, passed away. There were so many interviews about her life, and I remember many of those interviews, somebody said about her, she was a superstar. She was an incredible singer. She had influence as well as affluence, but one of the persons being interviewed said this about Whitney Houston, had everything the world could offer you, and said this, but she lacked peace in her life. When you think about somebody like Whitney Houston, the stage didn't satisfy her. Alcohol and drugs didn't fill her life. Even rehab places could not heal her. Only Jesus can give you peace that passes all understanding. Only Christ can do that. But be aware of these peace killers. The first one is pressures. Are you facing any pressures in your life? I'd imagine there are some single parents here. You're facing pressure this Christmas. I imagine there are others of you, you look at relationships and you know there's pressure in those relationships. Maybe you've got pressure in a job. Maybe you're dealing with pressure when it comes to financial issues, but you're dealing with pressures in your life. If you are not careful, a pressure in your life can be a peace killer. That's why, again, you've got to know your relationship to Christ, live intimate with him, and have the assurance that he's working all things in your life. But pressures would be one of those second problems. How many problems do you have in your life? Sometimes problems come into our world and they're expected or unexpected. No one expected a tornado two weeks ago. You find yourself with health concerns. You didn't expect the doctor to say what the doctor said to you. So you're dealing with all sorts of issues. And sometimes there are problems, whether again, could be at work, could be with a neighbor in a neighborhood, could be all sorts of things, but you're dealing with problems and you can be overwhelmed with the problems of this life that you find that the peace is missing in your life. So it could be pressures that you're dealing with. 
It could be problems that you're dealing with. And number three, this is very relevant for us on Christmas Eve as we go about today and tomorrow. Three is people. Sometimes it's just people. Do you ever deal with any difficult people in your life? They're just hard to deal with. Uh, maybe they're not, not easy to, to find a, a place of peace in that relationship. It could be a family member. You're thinking about d lunch today, dinner tonight, maybe dinner tomorrow, and you think, I'm going to be around this person, and it's very difficult relationship. Could be somebody in the workplace. Could be somebody you're in school with. Could be a neighbor that you just don't see eye to eye. Could even be a church member in some way, but you're dealing with people, and sometimes people can be so difficult that we seem to miss peace because of issues with relationships. And so when you look at those, do you have peace? That's what the people in Israel would ask. Sometimes, again, it may be pressures, it may be problems, it may be people, but sometimes we find ourselves struggling to maintain peace in this life. Now, look at the next part. What areas of life do, do we need peace? I want you to write these five words down if we're going to think about uh, what areas of life do we need peace? Number one is death. You need to make sure you have the peace of Christ in your life. You know when life's going to end. Life is very fragile. Life is uncertain. Uh, none of us are guaranteed even Christmas Day at this point. You just don't know. You don't want to come to the end of your life with regrets. You don't want to come to the end of your life with having peace with Christ. You don't want to come to the end of your life thinking, I should have done something with Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Uh, a number of years ago, I was walking with his family, and uh, the husband was, was ill. He'd been in some uh, care facilities, and he just wasn't getting any better. And his sweet wife was serving him and loving him and taking care of his needs. And then get a call early one morning that this particular gentleman had passed away at 1.15 in the morning and had gone home to be with the Lord. His wife got the call from the care facility and she goes there and she walks into his room where she'd been giving care to him, I mean, just around the clock. And now his body is there, but his spirit is at home with the Lord. And she said, when I walked into that room, she said, I wasn't there with, with really mourning. She said, I walked into that room and the peace of Christ just overflowed in my life as I saw him. Because she called him by his name and said, well, here's what I know. He is at home with Jesus. He is with saints throughout the ages. And he is relating with believing family members. And she said, that brought me peace and comfort, knowing that my husband of many years is at home with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you face death, you need to know the peace of Christ. So when I ask you, when you look at your life, if life ended the day, do you know that you'd spend eternity in heaven? Do you know that you would spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ? You will see him face to face. Do you know that your sins have been forgiven? You've been born again. You've been washed in the blood of Christ. Do you know that Jesus is your Savior, but also the Lord of your life? Do you know the peace of Christ? Death, you need to know that. Number two, direction. When you think about the direction of life, there are many of you, you're dealing with marriage issues. There are others of you dealing with career issues. There are others dealing with college issues. And so when you're looking at the direction of your life, you need the peace of Christ when you look at direction issues. One of the things we know is about the will of God. God is not playing hide and seek with you and me. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know his word. And he also wants us to know his will. And so when God reveals his will to you and me, there is going to be a sense of peace about the will of God in life. 
doesn't mean the will of God is easy. doesn't mean the will of God is, is convenient or comfortable. It just means that God has revealed his will to you. You know the direction of your life that he wants you to go, and you have the peace of Jesus to make that decision. Angie and I have had said no to significant opportunities in our lives and ministries. We said no to those opportunities because we simply did not have the peace of Christ to make that decision. So we said no. And so you're going to realize when you look at the, the, the will of God, it's always going to line up with the word of God. He's never going to contradict himself. But also when you look at the will of God, there's going to be peace that you are doing exactly what Almighty God wants you to do in your life. Uh, just on Thursday afternoon, I had a funeral. And so we finished the funeral and we're, we're making our way to the cemetery and we, we turn into the cemetery as we're turning in. I'm following Mr. Ed Larson, which I trust Ed. I appreciate Ed. And so he's in front and so I'm behind him and behind me is a fire truck because the gentleman was a fireman and so firemen were there. So we had the lights going on in the fire truck and behind the fire truck was the hearse and then behind the hearse was the family. And so we turn in, going up, up the road into the cemetery, and as we're going there, we're going up this way, and the road splits. It goes to the right or to the left. There's a cemetery employee standing right there in the center, and so he's motioning us to go left. Well, Mr. Ed goes to the right. And so in a, just a blink second, I thought, now what am I going to do? Because Ed goes going to the right, and this guy is doing everything he can to go this way, go this way, this way. And I think, well, I, I know Ed. I trust Ed. And if Ed went to the right, I think I'm going to go to the right. And so I'm going to go to the right. So I go to the right. I'm following Ed because I know him and I trust him. I look behind me. Well, the, big, now the guy's still doing this kind of stuff. And then finally the fire truck says, well, hey, Ed's going that way. The preacher's going that way. I think I'm going to go that way as well. So the, well, he goes that way. Then the hearse goes that way. And finally the cemetery employee just threw his hands up in the air and said, I quit. I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore walked away you got to know direction if the heavenly father is leading you follow the direction of the heavenly father because if you're going to have peace you need to know what he wants you to do where he wants you to do it at and when he wants you to do it and he'll show you those things follow his direction number three difficulty you ever go through any storms in your life you ever going through any hard times where you think you may not make it and the boat's going to, you're going to drown, the boat's not going to make it. The disciples knew that. We go through difficulty. When you go through difficulty and storms in your life, you need the peace of Christ in your life. And you can. And so when you look at the Lord Jesus, you may be in a storm right now. It could be relational, physical, could be financial, could be emotional, mental, could be spiritual in your life. You're going through a storm, but the good news is no matter how bad the storms get, you can have the peace of Christ because you know Jesus is in the boat with you in that storm. And you can trust him in that. And so you can go through all sorts of difficulties in your life and you can still live above the circumstance of life with the peace of Christ because you know who Jesus is. Number four, discipleship. If we're going to make disciples, learners and followers of Christ, then we need to have the peace of Christ to be able to do that. Because here's the heart of discipleship. When you are a learner and follower of Jesus and you're doing what he wants you to do and he's growing you, it doesn't mean life is going to be easy or comfortable in your life. In fact, he says, I want you to pick up your cross daily and follow me. It is a life of surrender and sacrifice to follow Jesus. 
And if you're going to live that kind of life, then you're going to need the peace of Christ to be his learner and follower, his disciple. Word number five, delays. If you're going to go through life and you're going to have the peace of Christ, you're going to face delays in life. Many times you're driving down the road and you see, you know, delay ahead type thing. What are you doing? You're trying to find another route. Hey, if there's going to be a delay, we want to go another direction. You're looking at your GPS. You've got Waze. You've got Google Maps. You've got all this stuff. The line is just solid red, and you're looking for another way to go. But sometimes Almighty God in all of his wisdom and glory, he will allow you and me to experience a delay in life. Maybe it's a delay in a career, a promotion, college, finance, ministry, whatever the delay may be, because he is at work in our lives even when we experience a delay. Just because you have to wait doesn't mean God's not doing something. He just not got you ready or the situation ready, but at the right time, God's going to lead you in the right place. But when you face those delays in life from the Heavenly Father, you need the peace of Christ to say, I don't understand it. I don't know when this door is going to open. I don't know which direction he's going to lead us to at the right time, but I have the peace of Christ to wait on the goodness and leadership of Almighty God. Delays happen to every single one of us. God's not obligated to work on our time. He works on his time, and his ways are different than our time. And so you have to learn to wait upon him, and to do that, then you need the peace of Christ to be able to do so. Now, over the next number of minutes, would you look at these three things here as we come back to Isaiah 9. He's the everlasting father. He's mighty God. Wonderful counselor. He is the prince of peace. Number one, experience peace with God. Do you have peace with the heavenly father? Dr. Billy Graham in heaven and glory today, but God used that man as a servant of his to preach the gospel to millions upon millions of people around the world. An incredible servant of Christ, just faithful to the gospel day in and day out. One of the things that he was able to do, he wrote many books, preached hundreds of sermons, but he developed this gospel track that you can use in gospel conversations with people. And it's entitled Steps to Peace with God. I've used that again and again and again because people trust Dr. Graham. They understand his ministry and his life. It's just a great thing. Steps to Peace with God. How do you have peace with God? I meet people in pastoral ministry, and here's what they believe. If they could get married, they would have peace. If they could have a baby, they would have peace. If they could get into that college or university, they would have peace. If they could get that job, they would have peace. If they could get a financial raise, they would have peace. If we could buy that house, we'd have peace. If we could get that car, we would have peace. If I could dress a certain way, we would have peace. You understand this. You'll never have peace from those things in life. It just doesn't last. But how do you experience peace with God, I want you to look at a passage here for a second in Romans chapter 5. If you're going to have peace with God, look at what this passage says. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. What does that mean? You've been born again. You're a new creation in Christ. You have, you're no longer in darkness, but you're in light. So since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with him as a result of that. Let me ask you, do you have peace with Christ? Do you have peace with God? Richard Dreyfuss, and I don't know really anything about his life at all. 
I know he's a Hollywood actor and probably made a lot of money and probably very famous, but I don't know a single movie he was in. Some of you may know that, but I just don't watch many movies. But I was watching an interview with him one night with Barbara Walters. She used to do interviews with famous people, and she was asking him, Richard Dreyfuss, and she said to him, if you could ask for anything in life, what would you ask for? I mean, it made lots of money, extremely famous in life. And here's what Richard Dreyfuss said. Richard Dreyfuss said, every birthday party for me, every time I see a shooting star in the sky, he says, I always wish for peace. Do you have the peace with God? I want you to look this way because if you're going to have peace with God based on Romans chapter 5, verse 1, you have been justified by faith, therefore you have peace with God. How do you do that? Here's how Jesus Christ, the Son of God, left heaven and he came to this earth. He was born in a city called Bethlehem and he took on human flesh. He lived a perfect, sinless life. Jesus Christ, no sin in his life, surrendered his life in the garden to obey the will of the Father, which meant that he went to an old rugged cross, nails pierced his hands and feet, a crown of thorns over his head, a spear piercing his side. The blood of Christ was flowing from that cross. He died on the cross. They removed his body and put him in a buried tomb. Three days later, resurrection morning, the stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. Jesus Christ is alive. He went back to the Father. One day he's coming again as King of kings and Lord of lords. You and I have sinned. We've disobeyed him. But if we call on the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so if you don't have peace with God, you can on this Christmas Eve in this room or wherever you're watching, if you will turn from your sin, trust the Lord Jesus Christ, ask him to forgive you of your sin, receive him as your Savior and Lord, and follow him in your life. Jesus is saving boys and girls and men and women on this Christmas Eve. Surrender your life to Jesus. Trust him. You can experience peace with God. And again, it's not going to be because you do the things of this world. When you understand peace with God, you, listen, you can be a member of a church. You can give money in the offering plate. You can do all sorts of religious things and still be lost without Christ. Only Jesus saves us. That's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's why Acts chapter 4, there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It is Jesus Christ and him alone. Nothing wrong with being a member of a church, giving money, doing religious things, but those will not save you. Jesus will do that, and we do those things out of obedience because we know him. He is the Prince of Peace. So let me ask you, have you experienced peace with God? Number two, find peace with yourself. It's a major issue right here. When you look at the great commandment, we know the great commission, make disciples of all nations, but the great commandment says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as what? As yourself. Let me ask you on this Christmas Eve, do you have peace with yourself? We live in a day where the world has changed a lot. And the technology has made it where we're able to see war happen right before our eyes. So all this that's going on in Israel, we're able to see what's going on between Hezbollah and Gaza and, and all the issues going on with the Israelis and what's happening in Gaza City. We can see that right before us. 
But here's another war that's happening in front of us as well, and it's the war from within. How many people look at life and think, I just don't have peace with myself? You look at your life and say, I think I'm an accident. You look at your life and say, I failed one too many times. You look at your life and think, surely God doesn't love me. Would you just look this way for a moment? You may look at your life and you may feel like you're an accident. Somebody may have said that to you. But in the eyes of our Heavenly Father, you are no accident. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the sight of Almighty God. You're not an accident. And you may look at your life and say, I failed one too many times. Do you realize just because you failed in life doesn't mean God is finished with you? Because your failure could be the great platform that God wants to use to use you to make a difference in the lives of other people. And when you say, surely God cannot love me, understand the word of God. God's love is unconditional. His love is unfailing. His love will never end. God so loved the world. He so loved you that he gave his only begotten son for you. You matter in the eyes of God. And so there are people in this room and those who are watching. You're dealing with this war in your own life and it's finding peace with yourself. How could I ever come to peace with my life? Let God do that in your life. Realize again, he loves you. He gave his life for you. He, he created you. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. You can have peace with yourself, but take care of yourself. My first airline flight was from Nashville, Tennessee to Waco, Texas. I get on the airplane and never been on a plane before and didn't really know what to expect. And they came on with a safety message and they talked about if we lose cabin pressure, masks are going to come down and you put it on yourself. You're traveling with kids. You make sure you take care of yourself first. I didn't get that because I thought, well, why would I do that? I'm going to help some child out if I could. And then somewhere between Nashville and Waco, and we weren't going down to see the Gaineses either. They weren't even famous back then when that was happening. But we were traveling from Nashville to Waco. The light came on the thought, if, if we lose cabin pressure and we don't have oxygen to breathe and I don't put that mask on myself, who am I going to help? Because I'm going to be laid out in the aisle. I can't help anybody. Somewhere you've got to be willing to say, Lord, as I've got the peace of Christ in my life, I want to make sure I take care of myself because if I'm going to be God used of you in relationship to other people, I need to make sure I take care of myself. That's not narcissistic. That's not self-centered. That's just living out the great commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Take care of yourself. Make sure you have peace with God. Also make sure you have peace with yourself. Then number three, seek peace with other people. It's a big issue right here. Uh, Romans chapter 12, what does that verse say? It talks about Romans chapter 12, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. You look at your relationships, do you have peace with family members? Do you have peace with neighbors? Do you have peace with church members? Do you have peace with people in your workplace, people in your school? Do you, do, do you have peace with other people? And I would imagine, probably for a lot of us, if we drill down far enough, you look at it and say, I've got some relationships in my life, tense, strained, broken, they just need help. And where do you need to come and say, Lord, how can I have peace with you? How can I have peace in my own life? But Jesus, how can I have peace with other people? And then he will lead you in some ways to be able to do it. Again, his timing, his ways, not simply ours. But do you have peace with other people? I want you to write these down.
How do we sleep in heavenly peace? How do we do that? Silent night. How do we sleep in heavenly peace? Five, five things. I could give you many more, but for the sake of time. Number one, know God's story. Look at this verse. She will bear a son. You will call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. If you're going to sleep in heavenly peace, you have to know his story. Now, there are all sorts of stories out there in life that will not lead you to have peace. But his story leads you to have peace. Why? Because you're to give him the name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. On this Christmas Eve, if you don't have peace, maybe it's because you've never embraced his story. That's the gospel. That's his sinless life, his death, his resurrection. That's your sin. You call on his name to be saved. Maybe today... God has led you to this very moment that you would surrender your life to Jesus and say, Jesus, here's your story. You came to save people from their sins. I confess my sins. I receive you as my Savior. If you're going to sleep in heavenly peace, know the story of God. Number two, hold God's hand. This is a very intimate thought about the heavenly Father. Look at Isaiah 41, verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. Then he goes on to say, it is I who say to you, fear not, for I am the one who helps you. Are you living that close with the heavenly father that, that he's got you in his hand? He's holding your hand. Isn't that an incredible thought? I, I think about that and I, sometimes I'm in a busy intersection or, or somewhere in a parking lot and cars are going about everywhere and there's a little child trying to go somewhere. And what's a parent do? The parent's either going to hold the child or grab the child's hand. Why? Because the child is safe in the hand of that parent. I'm not going to let you run in front of a car. I'm not going to let you run away. I'm going to make sure you're okay. The Heavenly Father says again, "What I, I hold your, your right hand. He holds us. And when you realize you have that kind of an intimate relationship with him, you can sleep in heavenly peace. Number three, trust God's timing. Uh, I read from you just a minute ago, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, about, again, the virgin's going to conceive and bear a son, and you are to give him the name Emmanuel. That was about 700 years before that actually was fulfilled. And so when you trust God's timing, you realize God's at work in your life, but th there are times he's not going to show you everything he's got for your life at that very moment. But as you walk with him, as you journey with him, think about Abraham and Isaac. I mean, here he's going up this mountain to Mount Moriah to sacrifice Isaac. And he didn't tell him on top of the mountain he was going to give a ram. He's just walking with God in obedience. And then at the very moment, God says, I want you to stop, Abraham, because over there in the thicket is a ram the Lord's going to provide. And so I, I know your heart. I know you're willing to obey me. There are going to be times if you're going to sleep in heavenly peace, you just have to trust the timing of God and say, God, I don't know what you're going to do all in my life in 2024, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to wait upon you. And when you reveal your will to me, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I've done that my entire life just about in ministry. Now, I didn't realize that God was going to give me the assignment here at First Baptist Church Clarksville until I was 56 years old in life. When God saved me and God began to grow me and God called me into ministry, he didn't say, hey, this part of your life's going to be here. When you get 56, it's going to happen here. just happened out of walking in obedience to Christ that he did that. And somewhere you just have to trust the timing of God. 
And he may show that to you at 56, it may be 76, it may be some other age, but God will reveal his will to you at the right time in the right way. Trust his timing. Number four, experience God's rest. What did Jesus say? Come to me all who are labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Some of you, and I'm saying this in love, you need to stop going to social media and start going to Jesus for rest in life. Trust him. I mean, that's an invitation from the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. That's what he's asking you. Don't go to social media sites and think you're going to get rest and peace. Go to the one who is the Prince of Peace. Let him give rest for your soul and your life and everything about your life. Social media may stress you out. Let me go rephrase that. Social media will stress you out. Just go to the one who's given you an invitation. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Sleep in the heavenly peace because you come to Jesus. Number five, believe in God's Son. Let's believe God's Son. When you look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, folks, it is a win-win in life. When you believe the Son of God, the Savior of the world, you know that you're in a relationship with Him. He's forgiven you. Your sins have been removed. You are clean in the sight of Christ and you're walking with Him. What did Paul say? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It was a win-win for the Apostle Paul in life. Same is true in our lives. Here's what I mean by that. When you know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you put your head down at night, sleep in heavenly peace, and you don't wake up the next morning, guess what happens? You're at home in heaven. You're with the Lord Jesus Christ, absent from the body, is present with the Lord. What a, what a great promotion that you get when you put your head down at night. Next thing you know, you wake up and you're in glory forever and forever and ever. That is a win situation. But if he allows you to wake up the next morning, your eyes are awake, your body's working, and you move around, guess what? You get to serve Jesus that day. It is a win-win situation when you believe in God's Son and life. And so when you do those things, you're going to be able to sleep in heavenly peace because of who Jesus is in life. Again, you're not going to get this kind of lasting eternal peace from the stuff of this world. But you're going to get it from the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us, who took on human flesh and died and gave his life for us and victorious over death in the grave and wants a relationship with you and me. He is the Prince of Peace and he gives us his peace that passes all understanding. Only in Christ. Let me finish with this last verse and then we're going to pray and give an invitation. John's Gospel, chapter 16. Jesus said these words. I said these things to you that in me, not in social media, not in this world, not in the stuff of this world, but in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In me, you will have peace. Do you have peace? Peace with God, peace with yourself, peace with other people. Come to Jesus. Let's bow together as we pray. This morning in the room and those who are watching around the world, if you need peace with God, come to Jesus. If you need peace with yourself, come to Jesus. You need peace with other people, come to Jesus.
You want to put your head down tonight and sleep in heavenly peace? Come to Jesus. Come to him. He's the one who shed his blood for you and for me. He's the one who promised us life. Come to Jesus. So in the room, we're going to give an invitation. Our pastoral staff will be here. Prayer partners are going to be here. We encourage you in just a moment to step out from where you're going to stand and come forward and say, you need Jesus. You know him. You need to be baptized. We want to join this church. You need peace with the Lord or peace with yourself or one, somebody else. We'd love to counsel you and pray with you about how you can experience the Prince of Peace. If you're watching online, whatever platform you're on, you can text us. You can send us a private message. We'd love to respond back to you as well. He is the Prince of Peace. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Now, Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you. And thank you for this morning of worship. Thank you for the peace that passes all understanding in Christ. And what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus can do that. And so, Jesus, we come to you. Thank you for inviting us. And, Jesus, we come to you this morning. We love you, Lord. And draw us near to you and give us peace, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.